And as always, we'd like to thank our partners, Firebird Rising and the beautiful game network, BGN. You can go to their websites to see more of their content at firebirdrising.coreair, that's K-O-R-R-A-I-R.com, or at bgn.fm. And let's get to the show. Welcome to this episode of the Rising as One podcast. This is Dominic Kearns again with Jeff Went and Matt Trainer. And before we get started, you might notice some uh, some music in the background, some wind, some outdoor noises. I'm playing the elements, so to speak. I'm actually going to my cousin's wedding in San Diego this afternoon, and I had to stop at a Starbucks on the way. So uh, if anything is coming up in the background, now you know. But uh, <laughs> let's let's get into it. Yeah, let's get into this week, guys. Uh, two games, obviously the second one more important than the first. Uh, let's uh, we won't delve too deep into the Oklahoma City game, but let's get you know let's let's get Please your thoughts about uh, let's get your thoughts about what happened. I've already I mean, forgot about that one. <laughs> I, I think I think what we should talk about more than anything else, maybe about this match, is the the number of changes that were made in the lineup. I mean, it was quite interesting to see that. That seven change, you know, you get seven changes made in the starting lineup, uh, you know, from that match. But I was also glad to see that some of the players, you know, did get a full ninety minutes of play. For example, you know, the first time we saw Uchenna Uzo get get a full game this year, and and it's good to see Carl uh, Carl as the keeper. Carl got a start. Carl as the keeper got a start. Uh, it was good to see Romilio Hernandez get a full ninety minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Granted, we all didn't like the result. You know, you know, we, we thought we were hoping for a little bit better. But, you know, I think to, to see some of those guys get the time that they did, you know, I, I think can only be a positive as we go forward in the season, knowing that we can rely on these guys confidently to play a full 90 minutes. What do you guys think? Uh, I think I think that's pretty fair. I think uh... – you know, a lot of guys that don't get regular playing time did their best and played pretty well. I liked the energy I saw from Uzo that match. I liked Blair Gavin. Unfortunately, he just couldn't quite stick it in the net, but he had he put himself in the right spots. I think there was one chance in particular, like the 39th minute. The ball was begging to get in, but that would not have happened if it wasn't for Uzo and Gavin teaming up. Uzo to win a header, and then it gets to Gavin. He just can't quite put it in. Um, but I liked I liked their stuff. I saw one person blaming Carl, you know, our keeper from last year, and I think that's completely unfair. None of the goals were really his fault. Uh, they were just really close-range shots, either that or just absolutely bomb finishes. I mean, their second goal was a pretty unbelievable, unstoppable shot, so uh, you can't really fault Carl for any of those. Um, if anything, you know, the people that, that uh, were left wanting are people that have played before. And I think the name that stands out on everyone's mind is Cody Wakasa. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I mean, that that match was probably not one of Wakasa's better games. You know, I also, you know, also kind of pin it a little bit as well on Victor Vasquez and 
the struggles he also had down the left-hand side. And it, it just speaks to what we've noticed all year long with this club, is we have trouble on our wingbacks, and we just can't seem to find a solution you know, to that problem. Although last, although in last night's match, maybe we did find a solution for the left-hand side. Yeah, uh, the signing of Amadou Dia happened on Thursday. Uh, he formerly played for Sporting Kansas City. He's from Nantes, France. Uh, that's where he was born and raised. Uh, but he did play college soccer over here. He's gotten some MLS time. And uh, really nice to see him kind of kickstart his career because he's only 24. Uh, I don't know why Sporting gave up on him so young, uh, but I know our friend Chad Smith, who also covers Sporting Kansas City, he's really high on Amadou Dia. And if he plays anything like he did last night, we could have solved one of our huge defensive issues. Yeah, he, he played pretty impressive last night. I kind of lost count of how many plays he was involved in where he stepped up big and, you know, potentially saved us uh, from a few goals, you know. Uh, it was nice to finally see that. We haven't haven't really seen that much this season, you know. Um, hopefully he continues to play like that. Yeah. yeah. Is, it, is it even worth getting into the nitty-gritty of the OKC game? Not, not as much getting into the nitty-gritty. I mean, I, you know, a couple of things that stick out to me, I guess, more than anything. It was nice to see J.J. Greer get a goal, you know, early in the second half when they, you know, you had just gotten beat – you know, by Wojciech right at the end of the first half. It was nice to see them respond quickly with the Greer goal, you know, but then obviously, you know, you have the two setbacks. And, and you know, what you know what about the goal by Areola? I mean, it, that was a nice that play. Was really all, nice that see. was a nice play yeah. all around. I mean, you go back to, you know, you go back to that one and, you know, you know, Gavin, you know, drives, you know, drives and, uh, you know, Getting it to Are- getting it to Ariola, and he just found the right spot. And he- at least it still kept us in the game, kept us hoping, you know. But result is what it is. <laughs> yeah, and I-, I think one thing from that game that I took away, you know, win or lose, the thing that I appreciate about this team is that they do always fight hard. They do always play to the end, uh, even if certain players have an off night. Uh, even even the matches we've been blown out, we have been blown out once or twice, but you still see a team spirit in those matches. Uh, I don't think the guys are really just giving up very often. And, uh, you know, down 3-1, it would have been very easy to just give up 4-5, really just throw in the towel. And instead, great play from Eder Areola as a sub. And, you know, unfortunately, you can't get a point. But really nice to see him put his first USL goal in the net. Yeah, that it was. All right, so let's put Tuesday in the back burner. Let's get rid of it. <laughs> All right, let's yeah, let's 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 go to let's go to what we saw last night. Obviously, you know, we we saw the changes that came from Tuesday's lineup, but if you go back to previous lineups, a uh, couple of changes. Obviously, Amadou Dia coming in on the left-hand side for for Vasquez. Uh, Drogba up top. I mean, I guess, guys, what else can we say about Drogba I mean, from last night? I mean, well, I was just curious. Were you guys uh, surprised that he started and played the entire match? I mean, it seems like a lot of people were expecting him just to be a, a late substitution or something like that, you know? 
Um, it was nice to see him play the whole match. I looked towards the end, he was getting a little exhausted. You know, heat was probably a factor for that as well, though. But And he was playing hard all night, so... I wasn't surprised um, based off of his interview that he gave on Thursday. You know, he had obviously said in that interview, every time I start, we win. So I think that right there was the hint that he was going to start. Now, was I surprised he played the full 90? I think I was a little bit. You know, I I agree with you, Matt, that I thought that maybe the heat was going to get to him. Thankfully, thankfully it didn't get there completely, but uh, – you know, uh, what an, you know, what an effort from him last night. I mean, you could definitely tell that his being on the field lifted the play of basically everybody else um, while, you know, while it was happening. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree. Um, he, made, he made Omar Bravo and Sean Wright Phillips look as good as they have all season, um, just playing really nice balls through to them you know it happened on the winning goal but there were a ton of other opportunities that he created with his vision and also his strength uh we'll get to that winning goal later in the podcast but i mean you actually can put the ball long to him and that he he gives us an option that we haven't had on offense before uh to be able to play the ball long and we haven't had a guy that can win those 50 50 balls consistently this season and now he gives us that. Everyone has to respect that. You know, you bring up an interesting. Yeah, you bring up point. an interesting point. I mean, you look at the games previously this year, and when when Omar Bravo and when Chris Cortez have been playing up top, anytime you're throwing those long balls over, there hasn't been anybody that has been able to command that ball to come down at their feet like Drogba did last night. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how many times. You know, a long ball goes up, and all of a sudden, hey, it's right either at Drogba's chest or it's on his head or it's at his, you know, it's it's close to his feet, and he's able to control it. But we haven't been able, you know, we haven't been able to see that from anybody else all season long. So I think that could be an interesting point moving forward as as Drogba gets better and better with his fitness, and knowing I can throw a ball up there, and Drogba's nine times out of ten going to be able to go and get it. Yeah. And, um... Dominic and I were talking before the podcast. Another thing that we noticed is, uh, you know, just Drogba's presence on the field, you know, filling that role as a captain is, you know, has that experience, that leadership kind of helping, you know, tell the guys where to go, kind of keeping everything flowing and, you know, getting that vision and trying to, you know, come through with that. Um, that's something that is nice to see and haven't, you know, I haven't noticed that in the previous matches, you know, a strong sense of, leadership and um you know taking that experience he has uh, it was pretty nice to see that and you can yeah, tell definitely. It made a difference. he fits that leadership role well as yeah. to the original question are we surprised to see him start i don't think so i think so my original expectation was back in may he might come on as a late sub or make some limited appearances i think the fact that they held him off until june meant that he had plenty of time to get into playing shape and so by the time you get to june 10th i think he's ready to go the full 90 and uh, he showed it. I mean, yeah, he was a little bit, he was a little bit gassed at the end. But even in the, in the final passages, he was able to get the ball into the corner during stoppage time, take valuable seconds off the clock, win a corner kick, um, win a couple loose balls, and that was all the last five minutes of the match. So, I, I think we got we uh, what 
was advertised. Yep. And you can tell he's still playing at an MLS level. Yeah, that he is. That oh, yeah. is. Yeah. So let's get into kind of some of the, the, the finer points of the match from Saturday. Obviously not a lot of of chances from Oklahoma City in the first 25 to 30 minutes of the match. They did have one in the sixth minute where they tried to beat uh, you know Phoenix Rising's offside trap, which they, they did. Uh, and Cohen obviously comes up with a big save right there right at the beginning. I think if he doesn't make that save right at the beginning, I think we could be in trouble. We could be looking at you know, a, a deflated stadium at that point. Um, oh, absolutely. It's very reminiscent of the Toronto game, the other Canadian team that came to town. You know, they just catch us on a break. All of a sudden, you got a 1v1, but this time, Cohen makes a huge save with his right oh, foot. Man. And I, yeah. I think yeah. you're right. We've fallen behind in so many matches to avoid that fate last night and to not have to play uphill the whole match. I mean, you can't put a value on that, how yeah. important it was. No, and once again, can't. Cohen just makes the big play. Yeah, no, you can't. Um, so, obviously, Drogba makes his impact a couple of minutes before that, right right off the start. What a, what a nice little one-two combination with him and Sean Wright Phillips right in the middle. Um, you know, Sean Wright Phillips gets it gets it to Drogba. Drogba gets it right back to SWP, but, but Melvin comes up with a save. I mean... I, you can you can already see the the old Chelsea days are starting to already come back in their minds and God you can only you can only love what you see when you saw that first touch and and the crowd was just going crazy on that first play. And then yeah. do you want to take us through? Oh, Matt, I'll let you go first, but then get into that flurry of chances later in the half. Yeah, no, I was just going to say that was a pretty good save for a water boy. <laughs> That's a, a reference for people that were uh, probably closer to the supporter section, uh, giving him a hard, hard time, which is uh, always fun. But he went from goalkeeper to water boy pretty quickly, and uh, that stuck with him for most of the rest of the match. It was pretty funny. Yeah. So, obviously, Bravo Bravo has four chances before he finally gets number five. He we go back to the 15th where he had the free kick um, right off of the right-hand side of the box. A uh, little little cheeky free kick that he tried to float over the top of, of uh, Melvin, which hits the crossbar and unfortunately falls right at the feet of Cody Wakasa, who can't put it back in, which obviously we were all frustrated at that. Then you come up to the 25th minute and Drogba hits another nice free kick, which Melvin knocks out for a corner. Then you get to the 30th minute where he fires a shot on goal and Melvin makes the save. And then you get to the 35th minute where he hits the crossbar off of a pass from SWP. And you're thinking at this point, my gosh, he's had four chances. Is he going to put it in the net? Like, are we cursed? Is our stadium on Native American burial ground or something? Like, what's going on? This is obscene. Absolutely obscene how there wasn't a goal before the goal finally did come. And the goal came in the 40th minute, and what a nice cross by Amadou Dia. I mean, just put the ball up in the right spot. Didier Drogba goes up, gets it. Melvin gets a piece of it, but not enough of a piece of it, and it goes in the back of the net. And obviously the 7,000 fans that were there last night went absolutely crazy. Drogba goes and celebrates by the flag, and just you couldn't ask for a better start than, than what you get there. No, you cannot. Uh, he just, just typical drug goal. Just wins the header, puts it 
to the right side and the keeper can only get a little bit of a palm on it. A uh, very deserved lead and we got to the half still up 1-0. I mean they did have one chance there but we, hang, we hung on and it's nice to see us ahead at halftime because that hasn't happened enough this season. Yeah. One of the other things I want to highlight and, and tell me if I'm wrong with this guys but was this not one of Sean Wright Phillips' better games that he's played this year as well? I mean, to see what he did at the end of the first half there, to just in and out three different defenders in the corner, just, I mean, we, we have not seen that from Sean Wright Phillips all year long. And, and boy, was that, was that a sight to see right there at the end yeah. of the half. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Same with, uh, same with Bravo, too, you know, just – Basically, you know, seemed like everybody just seemed to play at a higher level last night. Yeah, I mean, Drogba's kind of the missing piece. I mean, everything flows through him, but he's also been such a facilitator, at least last night, and that just, you could tell that the players fed off of that confidence. They reached heights that they couldn't reach without him, uh, at least in a rising shirt. And the way, you know, the balls he was putting in, they make his teammates look good. I mean... Sean Wright Phillips was able to get some great one-twos, as you mentioned. Um, and he's been able to do that at times during the season, but we just haven't had a guy to consistently give absolutely perfect balls like Drogba was doing all night. And, you know, if you're trying to put the ball in the back of the net, you need good service. And Drogba has given us exceptional service. Yeah. One class. of the other things I want to point out, and, and it doesn't really get highlighted because, you know, it doesn't get talked about until after the match, but when Patrice Carterone talked after the match to the reporters, one of the interesting things that I don't know if people noticed, but as the match started last night, uh, SWP was on the left-hand side. Jason Johnson was on the right-hand side. At about the 30-minute mark in the first half, Carterone decided to switch those two guys around, moving Johnson over to the left and moving Sean Wright Phillips over to the right. I don't know that if Rick Chance is coaching the team right now, I don't know if he notices that to make that change to see that he can exploit something on that right-hand side that was able to make Sean Wright Phillips be able to do things he was over there. I thought that was an interesting move by Carterone to make that switch. That's a very good observation. Yeah. Uh, clearly, we have a coach now that has lots of international experience, as the press release already explained, uh, you know, coaching in three different continents. So maybe he'll give us that extra factor that we've been lacking the last few weeks. Uh, but do you want to get us into the second half? Yep, we'll get into the second half. Uh, uh, a lot more of what we saw in the first half with more Phoenix Rising chances. Johnson has a couple of good runs right in the first five minutes of that second half. He had that first good run right off the bat, uh, shot saved by Melvin. Then on the in the two minutes later, Sean Wright Phillips feeds Johnson as Johnson tries to chip it over the top of Melvin, but isn't able to. Melvin's able to knock it out and and get it out of trouble. Um, you know, Bravo in the 54th had a curler to Johnson, and Johnson just couldn't finish it. Now, granted, Johnson wasn't able to finish on a lot of his plays, but I thought he was a force in in keeping that left-hand side locked down. You know, you can't, can't say nothing but good efforts of, from Johnson and his runs, you know. Uh, yeah, I continue to be impressed by Johnson. He has, has um, great ball control, and just, yeah, I'm, I really like seeing him every week. Yeah. 
and then Bravo, you know, and then Bravo in the 64th uh, almost gets Drogba his brace. His brace. I think everybody was just wanting to will that ball in on the on the lower left hand corner, but it just scooted wide. But I mean, a great play between him and Bravo, you know, at that point, which then leads yeah, us that, to. That was- which then leads us That's to kind of the other worst that. situation of the night. <laughs> mm. Which, which, and who, who did I, this involve? <laughs> would, would this have been, <laughs> would this have involved Cody Wakasa again, M- M- Mr. Kearns? <laughs> I, I do believe so. I think, I think I we think need to have, might have something to say about guy. that. <laughs> I, I don't wish any ill will. Sorry about the breeze. I don't wish any ill will on a on Cody as a person, you know, um, but he just has not been starting material all season, and uh, it almost cost us two points. Yeah, obviously with a foul in the box, picks up the yellow on top of it. Uh, Marco Bustos walks up, takes the penalty, 1-1, and then now, now all of a sudden we've got a deflated stadium again, and we're just praying that, that we can at least get a point out of this to to uh, to, to survive, but you know, we get to the 77th, and you know, Drogba's, Drogba makes the steal in the midfield. Off to the races he goes, and here again, here's where we talk about you know, SWP's on his right, and all of a sudden it's the old days of Chelsea. Maybe you're clicking together again. He finds him, and and Sean Wright Phillips, in in similar fashion to how he beat Oklahoma City, gets that low screamer to the left. In the net, two one, and the crowd's going nuts again. Do you mind if I make a point too about the build up to that play? Uh, so I mean, this is a goal that would not have happened earlier in the season because Whitecaps two are playing out of the back, and they're one of their defenders is just passing it up to a midfielder, and I don't know if we have anyone else on the team that would have gone to win that ball, or if they go to win that ball, wins it cleanly. But Drogba just picks his pocket, and all of a sudden, SWP makes a very well-timed run, and they're off to the races. Boom, one, two, and goal. That's ah, I the totally kind agree. of mental game that Drogba brings. Because yeah. you just he has such good vision. You can see it immediately. No one else on our team can get a ball like that, can read the defender's mind before he even decides to pass it. So... Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I mean, I don't think that, you know, in the, in all the games we saw Omar Bravo sitting up at the top there, if the ball's not near him, he's not going back for it, it doesn't seem like. Same with, with a Chris Cortez. Sometimes Chris will, will, will trek back towards something like that, but I don't, I don't think you normally see that. I agree. You get to that 70, 75th minute, I think the guys are thinking, hey, you know, we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll cut our losses with the attack and, 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 but no, you know, now you've got a guy in Drogba who's willing to go make that play. And maybe this is something that leads to the future where, okay, if he's going to make the play, I can make the play too now. So it's got to give these guys confidence boost just to see, okay, I know a man of 39 years old can go after that ball. Well, maybe I should be able to go after that ball now too. Yeah, absolutely. So get the goal in the 77th. We hang on for dear life again. I mean, scary moments right at the end. They get a ball right inside the box. Cohen makes a save to parry it out for the corner. The corner hits the side netting. 
end of the match, 2-1. Phoenix Rising gets the big win on Didier Drogba's debut. Uh, you guys were both in the in the supporters section last night. I'll let you guys talk first about the oh man, just the atmosphere, yeah. the ambiance, you know, everything yeah, the, that goes on that there. The atmosphere was it was insane last night. It was, uh, I mean, there was what uh, seven thousand and change um, in attendance yesterday. So the most that's been at the stadium so far, and uh, I mean, everybody was just pumped for the for the Drogba uh, debut, and um, yeah, it was pretty clear. And uh, like I said, Dominic and I were sitting pretty close to each other, so you know, we were both yelling and screaming and having a good time. But um, yeah, no, it was it was awesome. It, de- it definitely was <laughs> awesome. Uh, apologize for that. Um, uh, yeah, it was it was nuts. Uh, I have been up in the box for quite a few games this season, but I really wanted to be down in the stands for this one. I had a feeling it would be a special night, and it didn't disappoint. Uh, as you guys mentioned earlier, uh, the fans were really getting at their keeper, who honestly I think had a pretty good game. I mean, we yeah, really could have put agree. more in on him. And I know that the bar was his friend a couple times, but he did make some really nice saves. Uh, but yeah, the, the fans were just electric all night, and I think nothing more needs to be said. Yep, that they were. Well, here's uh, here's Didier Drogba post game uh, talking about his night and talking about what everything meant, uh, you know, being out there. Obviously, a history. Oh. <laughs> Because of maybe Omar or 
All right, so there's the comments of uh, Didier Drogba after a 2-1 win Saturday night. Uh, some some final quick thoughts before we uh, move on here, guys. Uh, sure, I can go first. Um, this is just a game that we needed very badly, and ultimately we get the three points. Uh, if that's a preview of what's to come later in this season, I think we have some humongous potential because the 2-1 the scoreline is very deceptive. It's just as deceptive as the 3-2 was earlier in the week where Oklahoma City probably should have beat us by more. We definitely should have won by two or three goals last night, and uh, luck was not quite on our side on a few of those occasions. But, you know, all around, great game. The only other thing is, you know, and, and we've already said it before, but, you know, Wakasa has to be replaced in the starting 11. Give Uche Uzo a shot. Give... AJ Gray a shot, give someone else an opportunity because he just hasn't been good enough. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, you know, one thing I took away from the match against Oklahoma was Uzo. You know, I, I liked seeing him on, out there and was kind of hoping um, we would have saw him last night. And who knows, maybe the next match uh, we might see him out there again instead of Wakasa. Maybe I don't know. It'd be maybe it'd be nice to see, but. Uh, yeah, those were valuable three points. I mean, now we're in the top half of the table. Um, we're tied with uh, Tulsa Roughnecks. We have 10 games played, um, you know, and still everybody above us is at 13, 14 matches. Um, so in a pretty good uh, pretty good position going forward, I think. And, uh, you know, another person that just had an awesome game was uh, Amadou Dia last night. I mean, I was super impressed with his, his skill. Um I look forward to seeing him in the upcoming weeks, and uh, we needed him pretty badly. <laughs> and uh, fi- finally saw some, um, some improvement last night on the defense, I thought. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. So let's get into uh, scoreboard from this week. Uh, obviously, we know the Tuesday result with Oklahoma City, 3-2 win over, over Phoenix Rising. Uh, on Wednesday, Orlando and Rochester tied 1-1. Louisville had a one nothing win over Charlotte. Reno with a 3-2 win over Rio Grande Valley. Dane Kelly gets another goal. Uh, puts him at 59 for his for his USL career. Uh, we get into Saturday. Charleston at a 1-0 win over Richmond. FC Cincinnati and Charlotte tied 1-1. Ottawa with a 1-0 victory over Harrisburg. Uh, a 1-1 tie between Tampa Bay and Rochester. Uh, Toronto and Pittsburgh tied 1-1. Another favorable result for you there, Dominic. A 0-0 tie between Oklahoma City and San Antonio. Gotta love that one. Yeah, just let me me know when San San Antonio decides to start start scoring goals. You know? (laughs) That's all I gotta say there. (laughs) Uh, Rio Grande Valley comes back from that uh, that 3-2 loss to Reno with a 3-1 win over uh, uh, Seattle Sounders 2. Uh, RSL keeps it going again with a 2-0 victory over T2. Uh, Chandler Hoffman with another goal there. Uh, Colorado Springs picks up a 2-1 win over LA Galaxy 2. Uh, a late a late winner by Freighter gets them the three points over LA. And then Reno gets a 2-0 win over Sacramento. There's a little bit of a surprise, guys. 
But then again, with Hoppenot and Dane Kelly scoring number 60 of his of his USL career, uh, maybe we shouldn't be as surprised about Reno as what they are right now. Yeah, I think he has 60 shots so far this season, too. <laughs> so, Sunday game's going on. You're looking at Louisville and New York. You've got Bethlehem and St. Louis, and Swole Park Rangers is playing Tulsa to round out this week. So the Western Conference standings as they sit at the moment as we tape. Salt Lake is in first place, 11-1 with 33 points. San Antonio is in second, 9-0-4 with 31 points. Colorado Springs third, 5-4-5 with 20 points. Reno's in fourth at 5-3-7 with 18 points. Then you go to Rio Grande Valley in fifth at 5-4-2 with 17 points. Seattle at 5-6-2 with 17 points. Tulsa in seventh at 5-5. And in eighth place, Phoenix Rising, 5-5, 15 points. Then you get to the bottom half of the table. Surprisingly, Sacramento in ninth, 4-6-3 for 15 points. Vancouver in tenth at 4-6-2 with 14 points. Oklahoma City in 11th, 4-5-2 with 14. Swope at 4-4-1 with 13. Orange County, 3-4-1 with 10 points. LA Galaxy in 14th, 2-8-1 with 8 points. And T2 rounding out the standings, 1-11-1 for 4 points. Yeah, and it just means we're in a really good spot because we're already top 8. We have matches in hand, like Matt was saying. And... uh, we are going to have some tough matches coming up, but the addition of Drogbug makes me so much more confident about what the future holds. Yeah. So get into uh, some final points here as we uh, wrap up this episode. Uh, Dominic, I'll let you have the floor first. Sure. Thank you. Um, so, I mean, I think the biggest thing, you know, apologize for some sound stuff. The Drogba impact cannot be understated. But the man of the match yesterday was actually Amadou Dia, in my opinion. As important as Drogba's signing is, Dia's signing might even be more important because our backline has looked so bad all season. And with him in there, all of a sudden we have an above-average defender on the left wing, whereas before we've had replacement level below-average defending. That could change some of the outcomes in future matches and we can finally get those elusive shutouts. I mean, once we get Wakasa out of the starting lineup, we might even have it happen very soon. So, and that, the, um, the impact of touch on cannot a, be understated. Yeah, you kind of touched on a question that one of our listeners had too, and um, we'll go ahead and field this real quick just since we're on the topic. Um, Vanderplas tweeted to us, he said, is it crazy to think, despite the goal and assist, that Dia outshined Drogba on his de- uh, debut? What do you guys think? Oh, I don't doubt that at all. I mean... Yeah. You know, this is a guy who comes in right away and makes an immediate impact. I mean, we haven't seen, you know, we we haven't seen some of my, you know, you know, some of the, these guys uh skills all season long. Amadou Diou walks right in and boom, it's it's wonderful. So, I mean, it, it was great. So, you know, uh Matt, I'll let you touch in on a final point. Yeah, I mean, um, it's just kind of what we've already we've been talking about. I mean, Drogba, Dia, I mean, everything looked great last night, I thought. Yep. You know, defense looked a lot better. That back line 
with Dia there. Um, you know, maybe could be some future adjustments with Wakasa um, and kind of go from there. Um, just, yeah, a lot of, a lot of different things. We saw, you know, the leadership on the field, the coach as well, making some, um, in, you know, adjustments during the game that, uh, you know, he saw, saw weakness and exposed it and got a goal out of it, a couple, you know. Um, so, yeah, overall really positive. Um, just want to talk about the fan experience as well. I mean, it was the atmosphere was insane last night. It was the best match we've been to the whole season there, and um, everybody was really excited. Um, also wanted to kind of do a quick shout-out to uh, James Aguilar, one of our listeners. I uh, came across a couple pair of uh, two tickets that um, you know my group of friends we couldn't use last night, so I tweeted out, and he was the uh, first one to reply, so he got two tickets to last night's match and sent me a message, and he just he really had an awesome time, so we're glad to you know, get some fans out there that uh, follow Phoenix Rising that might not be able to get, you know, season ticket matches. Um, and then um, some of you guys may know there's a, a new um, new thing that kind of started up. I believe it was posted on the Phoenix uh, Rising talk page on Facebook. Uh, there's a new group called Rising in America, and uh, we'll tweet their, their Facebook uh, link here in a little bit um, so you can access it quickly but if you know you're not going to go to a match uh they, they have this really cool program where you can donate your tickets and they give these to uh to refugees um children refugee children to attend the soccer matches and i, I think that's an awesome um awesome thing to do so you know whenever we have spare tickets whenever i have spare tickets i'm definitely gonna try to go that route and uh you know it's just a great initiative um so give them a follow and if you have some spare tickets donate them and you know get some help some kids out to come watch a, some some awesome soccer yeah i think it's a great initiative that that some of the fans of phoenix rising uh took took to and and i know they're working with the front office to uh to get the situation you know figured out completely as to how they want to distribute things but you know i think it's it's great what what they've done to 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 get this initiative at least off the ground and start going um yeah my takeaway from last night, and it's it's interesting. I kind of hung around, kind of till everybody cleared out last night, and I had a chance to talk with uh, co-owner Brett Johnson and uh, and uh, the CEO Bobby Dooley last night after the match, and to see the two of them in a, in a relaxed state. They said now they can breathe, now they can relax, now they feel like the season has started because now the Drogba signing is complete. Drogba has found his way to the field. We have a new coach in Patrice Carterone. Um, those guys are now over the moon, thrilled, and ready to go. I mean, they, are, they feel that the pressure is off now. They feel like the sky is the limit for this team now. And when you have ownership that finds its way to the uh, the supporters section and stands with them last night and enjoys the time that they're there with them, and you see them after the match, they're taking pictures on the field and they're relaxed and, and, and carefree, and to sit there and talk with them and to, to hear them just say, we're glad that we can finally move forward. Now the now the work begins 
Obviously, now the work begins for MLS. I know they're tap, they have a call on, on tap this week with Major League Soccer to talk with them. Um, Bobby has is, is graciously talked about sitting down and, and, and going, you know, we're going to have an interview with Bobby one of these days coming up, and, and, and he, is, he is more than willing to sit down and talk about how things are going on. So it's great to see that ownership can now breathe, relax, take a step back now and say okay everything's done everything is set in place all we can do is move forward so that that's my point to take away from this week and and you know let's move forward so obviously we have a game next week with swope park rangers it's a sunday 2 p.m start arizona time we're going to try something different next week folks uh we're going to do uh, we we've been on Google Hangouts the last few weeks uh, doing our podcast because we've all been in different places. We're all going to be in different places again this next week, but we want to invite you, the fans, to join us as well. So we're going to do a live podcast next Sunday, probably around four thirty-five o'clock next Sunday. So we're gonna we'll we'll send out the link via Twitter, via Facebook. If you guys all want to join us and watch us put our podcast together. Uh, you know, message us with any questions, comments you have about our podcast or about the game or, you know, anything you want us to talk about in general, you know, we want to, we want to have fun with this one. So I think, you know, Dominic, we, unfortunately we lost, uh, we lost his signal in Yuma. So he'll, he'll, he'll be back with us next Sunday. Uh, uh, Matt will be here. I'll be here, but you know, to have you guys, following along with us we'd we'd love to have you do that so so please join yeah, us next will, sunday looking forward to that you know we'll tweet out the like i said we'll tweet out the link we'll put it on facebook page we'll put it on the phoenix rising talk page so you guys can all join us and, and, and enjoy and see what we do so for this week's episode of the rising is one podcast as always we thank the bgn fm network uh we thank uh firebird rising for all you know for for allowing us to do what we do uh, we, we love doing what we do and, and doing this for you guys, the fans. So until next Sunday, this is Jeff Went from Firebird Rising and Matthew Trainer signing off saying have a great day, and we'll see you guys next week. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Go Rising.